We now continue with more of the Mark Milton Show with the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Everybody's gonna pay. <laughs> the Ted DiBiase Million Dollar Man intro song. Love it. Speaking of wrestling, uh, Royal Rumble, January 29th, Saturday, 2022, here in St. Louis at the Dome. You gonna go? I don't know. Are you getting me a suite or something? We'll we'll see. I'll tell you who's going to be there. Most likely will be Andy Newbold, First Bank Mortgage. Andy's a huge wrestling fan. I imagine he will be at, at Royal Rumble. Uh, if you're in the market for a mortgage, talking money, definitely talk to Andy Newbold. Maybe you need to refinance. Maybe you haven't refinanced during the last couple of years with interest rates being at all-time lows. Never been a better time to refinance. Take advantage of the equity you have in your house. Either lower your payment, uh, maybe take some cash out to uh, pay for a home project or pay off some some other debt. Uh, and oh, by the way, with that home uh, interest, that mortgage interest, you might be able to uh, get an extra tax deduction. So definitely contact Andy Newbold, First Bank Mortgage. You can find him on Facebook. Just type in Andy Newbold. He's got a Facebook page. You can also shoot him an email at andy.newbold at fbol.com. I was just looking at the date and double-checking. It turns out the Blues play a day game at home that day. Ooh. So I, I may have lost my excuse. Double dip. You could go to the Blues matinee and then head down to the Dome for the Royal Rumble. I assume the Royal Rumble sells out, right? That's a pretty big – I mean, it's kind of like a golf major. It's one of the one of the major wrestling events of the year. I mean, so I've been told I've always kept a panel of experts at my disposal because <laughs> – I I may know a little more about doing taxes than I do about professional wrestling. Well, so my Royal Rumble is the one where it's kind of like the King of the Ring. You get you, you start off with two guys in the ring, and then one guy you know guys just keep coming into the ring, and you get eliminated by being thrown over the top rope. I believe is how the Royal Rumble works, which so, is a very entertaining event. So how does that compare to WrestleMania then? WrestleMania is just individual bouts generally culminating at the end with a you know championship usually every belt is on the line at a wrestlemania the oh. premier event whereas you know in your weekly events you don't necessarily have championship belts on the line so if i'm correct on this wrestlemania is basically the culmination of the season and it's like the grand championship whereas the royal rumble is like its own individual free-for-all tournament yes and i think usually there's a belt at stake in the Royal Rumble. Now, don't quote me. I'm not. I haven't watched wrestling other than at the Mac the Wrestling Night with Ted DiBiase, but I haven't paid attention. I don't even know what the storylines are at this point. But I'm telling you, it's in St. Louis. I might go check it out because I do find wrestling to be very entertaining. And in fact, one of my former interns here at 590 The Fan is about to take a job with WWE. Wow! In the, in the spring, so we may have to have him on the show ahead of the Royal Rumble to preview because. He got it. It's going to be a junior content producer, I believe, and he actually got it from doing reviews and being able to, you know, predict and huh. interpret storylines. So he might have some interesting insight. We'll have to see just, you know, if he's worth his while. Well, speaking of Royal Rumbles, I mean, a lot going on in Congress right now. A lot of infighting among amongst is among amongst Democrats over uh, this so-called stimulus, uh, what infrastructure, whatever. You, I mean, I feel like they've changed. Sort of the purpose, the description of this over time. It started out as a $3.5 trillion package. Now it's down to, I think, $2 trillion. Joe Manchin, Democrat senator from West Virginia, 
is saying he won't agree to anything more than $1.5 trillion. Uh, and the big question is, how are you going to pay for it? Joe Biden has come out and said it's all paid for. It's a lie. There's there's not money to pay for this unless you significantly increase taxes, which has the potential to torpedo our economy, which I think they know. And it's interesting. There was an article uh, from Bloomberg on Thursday talking about sort of the likelihood of, of what's going to be in and what's going to be out of this bill. And what's interesting is the uh, Trump tax cuts of 2017, late 2017, uh, will will largely remain intact. They're not going to be necessarily impacted uh, by the current proposals, which I think is interesting because, you know, the, the Democrats, the left, is, is, is often said, you know, the, the rich need to pay their fair share and, and – uh, yet they're going to, at least under the current framework, they're going to leave the, the tax rates unchanged, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for taxpayers. What's not a good thing for taxpayers, though, is they're going to leave in, you know, ramping up enforcement. So the idea is we're going to try to close the so-called tax gap by hiring more IRS agents, hiring more IRS revenue officers to go out to audit people to collect tax. I mean, there's so much in uncollected taxes out there. Uh, that people already owe. And you can't, I mean, it's amazing to me as somebody who does this every day. I mean, that's what I do. I help help taxpayers with either huge tax debts or who are being audited. And I mean, the IRS, I think part of it's just making excuses, but I mean, they really do not have the capacity to handle the volume of, of tax problems that are out there. And so it's frustrating as someone uh, who sees it every day uh, we're able to get through a little quicker because they have a practitioner line that you, you know we're able to call and and get a hold of someone generally. But most people, if they're calling the general lines, they can't get through. Well, I can totally believe it. Now, if they're going to be ramping up enforcement, are they going to be going after the corporate fat tax and making examples out of billionaires, or are they just going to ramp it up and go after the common Joe who's maybe a few thousand behind? Well, I do think they'll ramp up corporate audits. Um, but generally, I mean, when you're looking at individuals, you know, small business owners are generally individuals, right? The the the, the midsize, uh, the non-publicly traded companies are generally owned by individuals who, you know, pay tax at the individual level. They're they're what's called flow-through entities. So if you're set up as a as an LLC or a S corporation, um, you're generally going to get issued a K one, and you're going to pay tax at the individual level. Now. You may see an increase in enforcement audits when it comes to those entities, right? Because the entity files its own tax return, whether it be an S-Corp, a partnership, whatever the case may be. And so uh, you may see an increase in entity audits. You probably will see an increase in Schedule C audits. Those are typically, when you're talking about small business, self-employed, people who file individual tax returns with the Schedule C, which is uh, profit or loss from a business, they generally have a much higher audit rate than people who are getting K-1 through, you know, a separate entity. So I could see an increase in, in Schedule C, small business audits. I, I really think <clears throat> if I were the IRS, I would, you know, put more resources into collection and trying to I – mean, I'll give you an example. So let's say you've got a payment plan with the IRS, okay, and you're agreeing to pay, let's say, $2,500 a month towards your back taxes, Okay. But you're you're late on filing the next year, or you miss a payment for whatever reason. They literally stop taking your money. They then send you a notice of default saying you've defaulted on your installment agreement. It might take six to nine months for that to, that default to actually happen. 
for the for them to actually boot you out of an agreement and for you to be thrown back into collection. And the government stops taking your money for nine months. It makes no sense. I mean, there's things like that that the IRS does that just make you scratch your head because you've got, and, and oh, by the way, just let the person get back into the payment plan. They make it so difficult sometimes when you make a, a silly mistake to, to, to fix it. And they're just losing revenue by not continuing to take the payments. Now, having to worry about just the simplest of silly mistakes, such as forgetting what time of the month it is, are there benefits to having a lawyer? Or is the IRS so vigilant and screwed up that not even a lawyer could handle that? Look, like I said, having a lawyer allows the lawyer to communicate on your behalf. A lot of people are terrified to deal with the IRS, which is understandable. And so you hire somebody like me or somebody else who's experienced in this stuff. It takes a lot of the, the weight off your shoulders. It also, you know, I, I usually am very frank with <clears throat> my clients about what their realistic options are. Because sometimes, you know, people assume that you can just call up the IRS and negotiate a lower settlement, right? Because you hear the commercials, you see the the ads on TV about the testimonials. Like, I owed the IRS $100,000 and I settled it for $50. Okay, those cases are extremely rare. But what you can do is... You know, it's based on your ability to pay. And so if you work with someone who knows what they're doing, they will be able to look at your financials and give you a, a frank assessment of what your options are. And now there may also be, you know, ways to reduce the amount you owe. You know, maybe you had some really bad things happen in your life and you can justify, you know, not being able to pay your taxes. You might be able to get penalties abated, which in many cases, the penalties can be astronomical. I mean, the penalties can sometimes be 50% of the amount of tax you owe. If you don't file your return on time and you don't pay on time, it can be up to 50% plus interest on top of penalties. So penalty relief can be a huge thing. I had a client who had hundreds of thousands of dollars in penalties. Um, they had some really unfortunate life circumstances, car accident, uh, you know, a, a child addicted to drugs, had to use money to, to, to pay for <clears throat> recovery and, and uh, uh, substance abuse counseling. And so we were able to get hundreds of thousands of dollars of penalties removed, got them set up in a payment plan. And, you know, that's a really good outcome. And somebody might not understand the penalty abatement process. <clears throat> if they're trying to handle it on their own, they may have trouble with that. So with increased enforcement of existing rules potentially down the horizon, what are a few of the things that the average taxpayer, whether it be, you know, the small business owner or even just the individual employee, what mistakes is the average person making that could come back to bite them with increased enforcement? So I think the biggest thing is <clears throat> for small business owners is not having good bookkeeping practices, right? They're, they're focused more on running their business. They're not concerned about, <clears throat> you know, how, you know, what do our books look like in the event we're audited? What documentation do we have to support what we're actually reporting on our tax return? So um, when people are, you know, doing their taxes at the end of the year, I think having a mindset toward, Hey, if I'm audited, can I, you know, will I be prepared to defend it? And I'm not saying you need to, you know, hundred percent be able to prepare, you know, be able to, uh, you know, you don't need to spend the money and the time to prepare for the audit, but you should be thinking about, okay, can I tie what I'm putting on my tax returns back to some sort of documentation, whether it be a profit and loss statement or something at the end of the year. And it's just good business, right? You want to know how your business is performing. So it's a good idea. Um, if you're not able to do the books yourself, find a good bookkeeper. Um, there are resources out there. Um, I, you know, recommend using QuickBooks online. Uh, it's a great tool to be able to manage your business. It's what I do. To, it's how I manage my own, you know, firm's finances is, is through QuickBooks. It's a great, uh, great tool for 
not only, I mean, I, I'm talking like they're sponsored. They should sponsor this show, Dave. With oh, the, exactly. The but there are others out there. There's uh, Bench, Bench.co is another uh, virtual bookkeeping service out there. So there are tools available for small businesses. But again, I understand the trap of, you know, you're focusing on the business. You're not as concerned about the finances. But ultimately, having good business practices, good, you know, bookkeeping practices <clears throat> is good for your business long term. And it also helps guard against, you know, IRS audits, IRS enforcement. And, uh, you know, like I said, making sure you're filing your taxes on time, trying not to extend every year. And then you're filing a whole year almost behind, you know, when your your actual year ends. That That's where I see people getting into trouble because they don't really understand where, you know, where they stand at the end of the year and how much taxes they might owe at the end of the year. And then not to mention, too, an extension just is an extension to file, not an extension to pay. Look at Solly. Solly has, that's one thing, if I if our listeners know at this point, that's one thing. Absolutely. It's an extension to file, not an extension to pay. Your taxes are due April 15th, unless, you know, that date is extended, uh, as we've seen with the coronavirus. But generally, your taxes are due April 15th. And for small business owners who aren't having taxes withheld from their pay, they're also required to make quarterly estimated payments, which are, you know, due throughout the year. And that's something I also see people run into is not making estimated payments. They're not having money withheld. There's their business is humming along. They're making good money. And then they come to, you know, April 15th. Oh crap. I can't afford to pay what I owe. And again, in that situation, even if you can't afford to pay it, you should still file your tax return because if you don't file the return, you're going to face an additional penalty based on the failure to file. That is, you know, as much as 25% of the amount of tax you owe for the year. So definitely get your books in order, file your taxes on time, make estimated payments. Those are my tips for this week. And if you got IRS debt, get get in touch with somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, if you think you can handle it yourself, fine. But I think there's value in, in you know, people like me and, and others who do this for a living, understand sort of what your options are. And, you know, it may cost you some money to hire a professional, but you may end up saving a lot more in the end. I'm not going to say you're going to get pennies on the dollar in terms of a settlement, but it's certainly there are options out there for reducing the amount you owe through penalty abatement. Maybe maybe you do qualify for an offer and compromise, but at a minimum, they can get you set up in a payment plan that you can afford and keep the IRS keep the IRS off your back uh, and keep them from you know levying your bank accounts, taking your wages, that kind of thing. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show. Here on 590.59thefan.com for the Miller Furniture Studios. Be sure to check them out. Three locations, Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and Ellisville, 1.2 miles east of Clarkston Road. They've got one of the biggest selections of American-made furniture ready for immediate delivery. That's not the case for a lot of furniture stores right now who are experiencing supply chain issues. Check out Miller Furniture, M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. Thank you to our other sponsors, Andy Newbold, First Bank, Lordo's Diamonds, and of course, Rosalita's Cantina. Be sure to check them out in De Pere. Or we got to get going. Avenue. We got to get. We got to get there. We got to get there for our chips and salsa, margaritas, and that delicious steak appetizer. This is the Mark Milton Show with Sally this week. Wishing the best to Smash. Uh, he's out this week. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. This is the Mark Milton Show. Check us out on iTunes, Apple, iTunes for all your podcasts. And don't forget five ninety the fan and five ninety the fan dot com.